your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. The James Harrison talk is not going away. Not now, and not until the Steelers and New England play in the AFC Championship game. The week before that game, the Harrison talk will be through the roof here in Pittsburgh. So, since this isn't going away, let's make one thing perfectly clear. There are not two sides to this story. Usually, there are. This time, there are not. Harrison wasn't good enough to play. He became a problem. The Steelers had to get rid of him, and the locker room was very glad to see him go. Obviously. Look at what's been said in the last 24 hours. And look at how Harrison was eviscerated by his teammates. How they ratted him out. How Harrison would sleep in a recliner during position meetings and snore loudly while the coach, Joey Porter, was talking. Bud Dupree said this is about Harrison spitting in the face of the Steelers, Tomlin, and Art Rooney. Dupree said Harrison did not mentor him and Watt. And, to be honest, I don't blame Harrison for that. I'll talk more about that later in the program. But the bottom line is, Harrison is a bully and a jerk, always has been a bully and a jerk, and now he's been exposed as a big baby, too. Harrison talked to Jerry Dulac at the Post-Gazette and said promises were broken, and he was promised 25% of the snaps. When a professional athlete talks about promises being broken, he sounds like a little leaguer whining because he didn't get to play his three innings. What a big baby. Professional sports aren't about promises. You show up for work and do what you're told. Maybe the intent was to play Harrison, but the Steelers were doing really well, as was T.J. Watt at Harrison's position. It's about the team and properly reading and reacting to the situation, not just about placating one big dummy. And hey, the Penguins won. Yahoo! This is the Mark Madden Show. The number to call is 412-333-WXDX, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. I'm very sorry to report that Stan Terlecki has passed away in his native Poland, at the age of 62. Uh, Terlecki was an absolute superstar player for the Pittsburgh Spirit indoor soccer team in the 80s. Uh, Stan was a total wacko, but had an electric skill set and was a lot of fun to watch. One of Pittsburgh's best athletes ever, no doubt on that. Stan Terlecki, RIP. If you want to Reminisce a bit more about Stan and see a lot of good video. I got an obituary posted on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. The Penguins won last night. 
It was no Picasso, but it was gutsy. The Pens were down 2-0 right away as they once again came out flatter than a plate of urine. Then they were down 4-2 with six minutes left. Malkin scored and Gensel scored, tie game. Sid scored in overtime. The goal got waved off on a very marginal goaltender interference call. Columbus went on the power play, but the Pens killed it. And then, finally, the Penguins won the shootout as Sid and Gino scored. Shaky ground. Very shaky. But you'll take it. It's hard to see that game as a turning point, but it is two points. Frank Corrado got called up to play D. Latang's hurt, and Ruido left the game injured last night, as did Brian Rust. Rust is out long-term, Ruedel's week-to-week, and Matt Murray is day-to-day and will not play tomorrow at Carolina. Latang and Justin Schultz also both out for that game. Uh, Gino had the motor going, a goal and two helpers. Sid only got one point, but he was going 110%, like always. More and more. I think Jim Rutherford's best bet, the GM, I think he should not make a huge trade and let a core of players that's won two Stanley Cups, and in some cases three, let those guys just try and figure it out. That's best for the short term and the long term, although the Penguins still need a third-line center. Uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports says Latang is available in a trade. That's been said by a couple media sources as well, but I'm still not sure that's true. And I say it'd be nuts to trade Latang. It'd be a stupid move. I'll talk more about that a bit later in the program. The Penguins went to the net hard last night, hard and often, which they don't always do. Look at the Geno goal. Right in front. Same thing with against the goal. Right in front. That's what you need. Give yourself a chance at some puck luck. I could do with an easy show today, so let's talk Harrison and let's talk Penguins. 412-333-WXDX. Like I said about the Harrison situation, there are not two sides to this story. Harrison is a selfish piece of crap who tried to make himself bigger than the Steelers. And when that didn't work, he slinked away like a dog in the night. Harrison played the victim, and his teammates just weren't going to play that, so it all came out. Harrison just keeps looking worse. I told her the story about him snoring in a recliner during position meetings. He would leave the stadium as soon as he found out he was inactive. He wouldn't visit Ryan Shazier along with the other linebackers. Harrison tried to make himself into a martyr, but all he was and is is selfish. I hope Harrison goes to New England and doesn't play, and then the Steelers eliminate the Patriots. Harrison has turned me into a diehard Steelers fan. I want to see Harrison embarrassed every possible way he can be embarrassed. I want his stay in New England to be one nonstop participation trophy. I hear some people saying that you got to blame Tomlin and the coaching staff 
for letting Harrison behave like he did. I disagree. Harrison was a guy they felt was deserving of respect as an accomplished veteran, and the coaches bent over backwards to give Harrison that respect. Harrison then took that respect and spit in their face. Tomlin and the coaches tried to do what they felt was right, and James Harrison stuck it up their backside. I say, again, there are not two sides to this story. Harrison is the ass bag. N-O discussion. When Harrison got cut in the immediate aftermath, some teammates paid him respect because they thought it was the right thing to do. Since then, not so much. Marquise Ponce is an example. That's because two things happened. Number one, Harrison was wrongly portrayed as the victim. Number two, he joined the Patriots. Those are two pretty big occurrences, and gee, both might make me mad if I'm Harrison's teammate, now his ex-teammate. So we got Harrison talk, which isn't going away. His legacy is now excrement in Pittsburgh. And we got Penn stock. Here's a great Penn scenario, and it's not far-fetched. Penguins get the last wild card in the Eastern Conference and play Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. I'd love it. Why not? Do it right away. Let's see what what. If you can beat Tampa, you can win the Stanley Cup. If you can't, go home and rest up for the next season. 412-333-9939. Uh, this Harrison talk, like I said, it's not going to go away. It's going to go through the roof. Anybody who ridicules the fact that we're going to talk about this forever, you don't get it. That's why I'm on top and you make a quarter what I do because you don't understand what interests people. It's a sexy story, and the James Harrison talk is not going away. And I give Harrison credit for one thing, and I'll expand on this in a few moments. I used to think Antonio Brown and Heinz Ward were the biggest attention whores I'd ever seen. James Harrison is in a class by himself. His manipulation level is Babe Ruthian. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, you struck my last nerve. You say that like you think I would remotely give a dump. But do go on. The X at 105.9. Got some great hockey guests today. Josh Showy from The Athletic joins me at 4.30. At 3.30, we got Derek Schooley. He's the head coach of Robert Morris University Division One men's hockey. They host the 6th Annual Three Rivers Classic Tournament at PPG Paints Arena. That's tomorrow night and Saturday, featuring Lake Superior State, Arizona State, Providence College, and, of course, the host, RMU. As mentioned, the Penguins had a lot of absentees at practice today. No Rue Weedle, no Schultz, no Rust, no Latang, and no Matt Murray. All of those are out tomorrow at Carolina. I'm not even sure who the backup goalie is going to be at Carolina. Maybe Jim Rutherford straps his old pads back on, or maybe Eddie Johnston. Uh, turning again to James Harrison, 
as we will so often between now and the presumed matchup between the Steelers and Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I don't like people blaming Mike Tomlin for lack of discipline when it comes to the Harrison situation. Now, don't get me wrong. The Steelers don't have the focus and discipline of, say, the New England Patriots. But the Steelers have won 21 of their last 25 games. They've clinched a bye. So blaming Mike Tomlin? Come on. Blame him for what? Blame him because some washed-up selfish jerk got his feelings hurt and acted like a big baby because of it? F that. F that. The Steelers are 12-3 and three and have a bye locked up. Yeah, okay, let's blame Mike Tomlin. And you can't say that not playing Harrison was the wrong move. Like I said, 12-3. and three. Hello? The Steelers have 50 sacks. 50 sacks, that's second in the league, so they didn't need Harrison for sacks. Fanboys of Harrison might say, well, Watt and Dupree only have six sacks each. Harrison could have done better. But the outside backers have been asked to do a lot more in coverage this season, which Harrison could not do. And the Steelers' pass rush has evolved into being more interior, as Cam Hayward's 12 sacks would confirm. So the Steelers are 12-3. and They're second in the NFL in sacks. The guy who replaced Harrison has been pretty good. Who... Are we blaming and why? Some washed up old attention whore. Hey, look at my workout videos. I should be playing. Some old bastard gets his panties in a bunch. And now we're pointing fingers over who's at fault. When Steeler fans should be overjoyed about a season that has the clear potential to get even better. And that is why James Harrison is a bigger and better attention whore than even Tony Brown could ever dream of being. I've had an epiphany in that regard. The Steelers are 12-3, and clinched a bye, legit contender, and somehow an old, crusty, musty, sad, pathetic, jerk and bully who never plays. Harrison somehow made it all about him. It's really quite impressive. Let's go to Eddie and Baldwin. Eddie, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, I disagree with a couple of things you say. They're a very, very shaky 12-3. and three. They, very, they really There's are. There's no such thing as a shaky 12-3. and three. Uh, The record can lie a little bit, but it doesn't lie much. Well, they are. I disagree with you. And okay, so you're wrong. What else you got? So what if they went to the Patriots? I still like them to come back and break Ben Roethlisberger's back. Goodbye. Goodbye. You call every day. For some reason, you have some unresolved anger toward Ben, and you want Harrison to break his back. We get it. Maybe Harrison will beat the crap out of your wife. He certainly has the track record in that regard. Let's go to DJ on Carson Street. DJ, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, Mark. I was wondering, if Harrison retires, is he allowed to retire as a Steeler still? That would be up to the Steelers, DJ. Oh. Why, do you think he should be allowed by the franchise to retire as a Steeler? I think he just spit in their face. I think so, too. I mean, if he left the Steelers, why should they retire him as a Steeler? Thank you for the call, DJ. I think uh, James Harrison now to the Steelers 
should be like Fredo Corleone. He should be dead to them now. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Derek Schooley, the RMU hockey coach, just around the corner. Don't forget the Three Rivers Hockey Classic. Four great college teams playing tomorrow and Saturday at PPG Paints Arena. You can get your tickets online through Ticketmaster. Uh, There's a new porn series called Bratty Teens. Bratty Teens. How could you not watch that? Uh, This is interesting. Monday Night Football wrapped up the season with its lowest ratings ever. I'm assuming a lot of people were instead watching the Bratty Teens porn series. Derek Schooley up next, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Damn it, I'll be popular in Pittsburgh yet. Hey, Mark, ball fan. I think I got to start with pulled pork nachos. Hey, super genius, how you doing today? Fantastic. Call. The X at 105.9. Robert Morris University Division I men's hockey hosts the 6th annual Three Rivers Classic. That's uh, tomorrow and Saturday at PPG Paints Arena. you got Arizona State, Lake Superior State, Providence College, and the host, Robert Morris University. Joining me now is RMU coach Derek Schooley. Uh, coach, your team has won this tournament the last two times and three times out of five years. This has proven to be an important event on your calendar, hasn't it? Well, absolutely. It's a really good event for not only our uh, hockey program, but for our university. I think everybody gets excited to have some high-level teams. Every year we've had this tournament, there's been a ranked opponent that's come in. One year there were three ranked teams, including us. It's just uh, it's something that our guys get excited for. And to be able to, to win it three times, beating Miami when they were number five, Lowell when they were number eight, and, and uh, Quinnipiac when they were number 11 um, was really exciting for us and for our program. And something that will go down in colonial hockey history. What's it like for your team to play at PPG Paints Arena, the home of the Penguins, and for fans to see college hockey in an NHL environment? That's quite a selling point for the program, isn't it? Absolutely. We use it for uh, recruiting. We get to play uh, uh, two, sometimes three games down here a year, and to be able to play on the NHL ice and uh, experience the amenities of uh, NHL locker rooms and uh, being uh, able to play in a, a world-class facility is really good for our like our program, and our guys get really excited for it. And that um, obviously shows by our record. And it's just something that uh, the Penguins are great. They're great supporters of of all hockey, but especially college hockey. And PPG Paints Arena is not only just the host of the Three Rivers Classic. We're hosting the Frozen Four in 2021, and uh, hosted at 2013. So. A lot of high-quality college hockey in this uh, in this arena. Who's the team to beat in this year's tournament, Coach? Uh, the first round is Providence and Arizona State, and you guys play Lake Superior State in the nightcap tomorrow. Four pretty good teams, but like you said, it seems like one team is always ranked, and this year it's Providence. Well, I would hope the, the team to beats us. I mean, <laughs> well, that's it, true. Uh, You're two-time defending champions. We're going for a three-peat. I don't know if I, can I say that? Has that been coined by the Lakers way back when? I don't know. I, I think if you but, guys uh, win, you have to pay Pat Riley some dividends. Yeah, we'll get a, we'll get shirts for it. We'll give Pat some of the profits. But um, Providence, obviously, a very good team. They've been to the last four NCAA tournaments. They've won a national championship. 
and uh, they got uh, Penguins draft pick, a second round draft pick in 2016. So it. Uh, They've got a good hockey team, uh, but I I wouldn't bet against us in in uh, Three Rivers Classic. But we've been in the we've had this tournament five years. We've been in the championship four of the five years. We've won three titles. Um, hopefully, we can uh, continue to 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 collect some hardware. You guys are seven and seven and one in your conference, Atlantic Hockey. But you just swept Mercyhurst a couple games. Do you feel good about where your team is at right now? Well, if you had asked me three weeks ago, we were still trying to find our way. But uh, really like our last three games. I thought we played really well against Penn State in a loss up at Penn State. Uh, that went down to the final minute. They got an empty net goal. But um, I felt that that might have been a little bit of a turning point in with the energy that we played with. And carried it over to Mercyhurst. Played some really tough games. Tied going into the third. Uh, one of the games ended up having a, a really good third period. And then the next night we we protected a two one lead and actually extended it to win five three. Uh, really feel good about where we're at. And Mercyhurst, you you think well, it's just a little school in Erie. Mercyhurst beat Penn State this year. Mercyhurst beat Wisconsin this year. Um, it was a big challenge for us. Really good to go into Christmas break with those uh, three good performances leading up to the the Three Rivers Classic tomorrow night. We're talking to Derek Scully, the coach of RMU Hockey, here on one hundred five nine the X. Uh, Coach, your Colonials have always had a big score through most of the program's history. Who fits that mold right now? Well, obviously the the active leading scorer in, in NCAA hockey right now is Brady Ferguson. Uh, Brady's got a chance to pass, pass Zach Lynch for all-time leading scorer. Uh, last year at 58 points at the single-season scoring record. Went to the Penguins' development camp. Uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start he, for him. Uh, he had 58 points in 38 games last year. Was just at right about a point a game. But uh, amazingly, when we had a, a really good performance against Mercyhurst, he had seven points on the weekend in two games. So hopefully, he's turned the corner and uh, we get him going in the second half. We've had a really good first half from Zach Lynch's brother Luke, um, who's at, at 20 plus points right now for a sophomore, and another Pittsburgh kid, Michael Loria who's uh, playing as a, as a transfer student from UMass Lowell is, is at about 22 points. So we've got three kids that all Americans, which uh, a lot of people like to point that out. Two of them grew up playing hockey in Pittsburgh, and uh, Brady Ferguson grew up playing hockey in Dallas, Texas. So we think we've got a pretty good group of uh, talented players leading our team right now. How's the goaltending shaping up? Uh, it looks like Francis Marat has developed into a bit of workhorse uh, in the RMU net. Yeah, he came in last year, played 30 games, was a all-rookie team in the Atlantic Hockey uh, Conference and uh, just had an unbelievable year. Uh, he has not posted the numbers that he posted la- the last year, but that wasn't due to him. I thought he'd play very well and we'd lose 4-3 to three, or we'd give up, uh, you know, four goals on... 30 shots, so which affects his save percentage. I think there was a lot of different factors, but I thought he's played very well and obviously leads um, in minutes of our team and, and has uh, won all of our games we've played. So he's at a right about a 500 record, and he's just he's getting better. And he's only a sophomore, which is, is good for the future of our program. What do you guys have to do to turn a corner, Coach, to maybe win this tournament and do well in the league in the season second half because it doesn't seem like you're real far off. 
No, we're not. And uh, you saw us play earlier in the year, and uh, I thought we played pretty well when when you were at our game. So obviously, you're yeah. You were really yourself. doing everything but scoring goals, and it seems like you've uh, come around to to putting a dent in that problem. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you're if we're going to go undefeated when you're in the building, you might <laughs> I might have to buy you season tickets. So, uh, but I would. I would say just play the way we played the last three games, and you're gonna if you get the energy and the effort and the enthusiasm that that we played with the last three games, and the scoring takes care of itself when you're given that kind of effort and getting those kind of chances. And if you can do that and sustain it, um, we're like I said, we're very close. And hopefully, the Christmas break and the Christmas uh, dinners and the, the holiday spirit didn't get in the way of uh, us turning the corner because we were really good. Uh, a week ago Sunday, I guess. Coach, uh, thanks for taking the time, and we'll see you at the rink tomorrow night. Good luck. Hey, I appreciate it. I got one question for you. I keep seeing you say it on, on Twitter. Who wants to walk with Elias? Do you? I walk with Elias. I like Elias. Well, there you go. I want to walk with Elias, too. we got to get that movement going. Thanks again, Coach. <laughs> That's uh, Derek Schooley, the RMU men's coach, referring, of course, to our buddy Elias, the former Elias Sampson, uh, now a star on WWE Monday Night Raw. Won't be in town tonight with the SmackDown crew. The lovely Charlotte, Ric Flair's daughter, will be, though. I'll be down at PPG Paints Arena tonight for that and tomorrow night for the Three Rivers Hockey Classic. Uh, so thanks to Derek Schooley for joining me. And don't forget, that Three Rivers Hockey Classic, tomorrow and Saturday at PPG Paints Arena, it is great Division One college hockey. You don't want to miss it. Check it out, get tickets at PPG Paints Arena or via Ticketmaster. Okay, let's flip the switch back to, uh, obviously, James Harrison talk, which will dominate Pittsburgh radio from now until doomsday. And also, uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports is reporting that Chris Letang is available and that the Penguins might trade him. I've not heard that. And I think trading Letang would be ludicrous. Barring, of course, the perfect deal, but the team that gives up the best player, 99.9% of the time, that team loses the deal. And Latang would be the best player in any deal the Penguins would make. If the Penguins trade Latang, who plays those minutes? Who provides the one-man breakout when the Penguins are hemmed in? People point to the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup without Latang last year, but that was a perfect storm. Not a fluke, but a perfect storm. Ron Hainsey, the good brother, he came in and played out of his mind. He's gone now. Trevor Daly is gone, and he was kind of like Latang Light. Latang allows Justin Schultz to be better because Schultz doesn't have to be the offensive guy on the Penguins' blue line. Trading Latang would turn out to be a big, big mistake. I trust Jim Rutherford. He certainly steered the club to unimagined heights since taking over as general manager. But I say now, and I will say again, if and when it happens, trading Chris Letang would be a big, big mistake. Your thoughts now, 412-333-9939. Or you can tweet me, at Mark Madden X. That's generally less painful. A lot of talk on Twitter since I brought up the bratty teens uh, porn series. Somebody wanted to know, like, a typical 
bratty teens storyline. Well, okay. In, in the latest one, Gina Valentina is the bratty teen. And she's going out for a night of party and dressed like a slut. And her stepbrother, Xander Corvus, says, hey, you can't leave the house looking that way. So she goes into his room, steals his favorite T-shirt, cuts it up so it shows just about everything, then tries to leave again. But then the stepbrother, Xander Corvus, figures that a more reasonable alternative would be to have sex with the hot stepsister so she can't go out looking like a tramp. And exactly what you think would happen happens after that. Bratty teens. Gotta love it. Uh, the reaction to the Harrison thing, which we're going to talk about, like I just said, from not till doomsday. The reaction uh, from the fans, Yinzer Nation, is really funny. Dupree really buried Harrison. And I see people on Twitter saying, Dupree isn't half the player Harrison was. Dupree should shut up. The key word there is was. Isn't half the player Harrison was. Right now, Bud Dupree is better. I know that because he plays and Harrison didn't. None of this is about legacy, although Harrison may have destroyed his in Pittsburgh. This is about Harrison being washed up, and not being a good teammate, and finagling his way to the Steelers' biggest nemesis by way of ego and selfishness. There's only one bad guy in this situation, and it's James Harrison. If he were 20 years younger, he would be a bratty teen. Let's go to Tony in Moon Township. Tony, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Tony, are you there? Okay, we got to do something about punching these calls up on the air a little quicker and with a bit more efficiency. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, we got Josh Owey talking about the Penguins and about the Latang trade rumor, which I'm not buying into at all. Josh joins me at 430. Got a couple tweets about my obituary. At the X website about Stan Terlecki, the former Pittsburgh Spirit indoor soccer star. That was back in the 80s. Stan was great. Uh, I got some highlights of him playing posted along with my obit at the X website. Uh, his best season was his first season with the Spirit, which was 1981-82. Scored 74 goals in 43 games and was named co-MVP of the league along with Steve Zungle of the New York era, Jungle being a six-time league MVP in major indoor soccer, and the best, most dominant athlete I've ever seen in any team sport. That includes Jordan, that includes Mario, that includes everybody. Steve Jungle better at indoor soccer than any of those guys were at their respective sport. But uh, Terlecki was mercurial, he was wacko, he was maddening, but he was electrifying, and boy, what a finisher and what a skill set. So Stan Trelecki, R.I.P. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 X.
And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Ah, super genius. What were you afraid more of, Satan or teabagging? Sorry, teabagging. Great story. Compelling and rich. <laughs> TX at 105.9. Well, the Steelers news cycle is flipping over. Here's some breaking information. Dale Lawley of DK Pittsburgh Sports reports that Lev Bell will be sitting out the game Sunday against Cleveland by way of protecting him from injury. And then Tim Benz of the Steelers Radio Network interviewed Marcus Gilbert. And he spilled the beans about even more key players than Bell not playing. Tim said to Gilbert, how does Cleveland's defensive front look as opposed to week one? And Gilbert said, Ben's not there, so they'll get a little taste of Landry Jones. So we don't know what to expect from them. We'll have Landry Jones in there. We won't have Ben or 8-4 or Lev Bell. So there you go. It looks like Ben, Bell, and Braun will all be held out of the season finale at home against Cleveland Sunday. I want your take on that, 412-333-WXDX. Here's my take on that. That is absolutely, positively the right move. Because the odds are very slim that the New York Jets go to New England to pull the upset. And the odds are very slim that the Cleveland Browns could even beat the Steelers' second string. That they could beat Landry Jones and and Fitz Toussaint and... Eli Rogers, etc. If you thought New England might lose, then it's different. But there's no point playing that wait and hope and risk for no reward game. Just get those guys out of there. You can't slip out of the bye. You're going to get a home game in the divisional playoff round. So sitting on Ben, Bell, and Brown is absolutely the right move. Your reaction, 412-333-9939. This breaking news is not to say we're going to leave the James Harrison situation alone. So much has been said about James Harrison in the last 24 hours. Uh, Marcus Gilbert got in a late jab. He said, quote, I could never F over my teammates like that, unquote. Wow. Harrison's name is mud in that locker room and probably in Pittsburgh. He went from being revered to being mud. Marc-Andre Fleury handled it right on his way out. James Harrison handled it wrong. He won't regret it. He's too stupid, stubborn, and egomaniacal to regret it, but James Harrison handled it wrong. Here is something typical of Harrison. Somebody... uh tweeted this. I never noticed this or saw this before. During one of Harrison's workout videos, after a rep, he's yelling, he's got me standing on the sidelines. What's wrong with him? Do another rep. He's got me standing on the sidelines. What's wrong with him? Uh, Jimmy, it's not a weightlifting contest. It's football. And you're too old and washed up to play it at an effective level anymore. Please just go away. On a lighter note, did you know in Pennsylvania you can eat roadkill? Yep. If a deer gets hit by a car, 
You can take the carcass and eat it. You're supposed to have a permit. And over 3,300 people got such a permit in 2017 to legally eat roadkill. But I'm sure a lot more just didn't bother and just scooped it up and ate it. Illegally, I guess. Hey, why not? Venison is venison. Or turkey. Groundhog. Whatever your bumper may stunt. Now, is it more sporting to only eat roadkill that you run over? Or can you just go and eat anybody's roadkill? I don't think it's that gross. Shot by a bullet, hit by a car, dead is dead, meat is meat. You know, in Pennsylvania, the odds are 1 in 63 that you will hit a deer at some point with your car. So why not make the most of it? I hit a deer once. I was in Minnesota. WCW had done a show in Rochester. And I got up real early in the morning to make the drive to Minneapolis to catch my flight home. And uh, it was late winter. So there was snow kind of barricading each side of the road. You know how snow piles up in Minnesota on each side of the road. So... It's like 4.30 in the morning, still dark. I'm going down the road, and a deer wanders into the road. I'm thinking to myself, if I veer off the road, I'm going to be buried in a snowbank and miss my flight. And who knows how long it'll be till somebody finds me. I might freeze. Or I can go full steam ahead, hit the deer, and hope for the best. Full steam ahead, hit the deer, hope for the best, Crumpled a fender, probably killed the deer, although it did get up and ran away. Deer do that, though. They get stunned, get up, adrenaline makes them flee, and then they go somewhere and die. I don't give a rat's ass about none of that. I made my flight. That's what's important. Now, had I known then what I just told you now, I would have stopped the car, waited for the deer to fall, put him in the trunk, and had a venison sandwich on the flight home little raw venison. Let's go to Justin and Irwin. Justin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. How's it going? What up? Hey, calling about Ben Bell and Brown sitting for the Browns game this Sunday. Okay. I think it's a great move. You keep you keep these guys, you know, at least healthy for the playoffs. We already have the first round by. we got to keep them healthy. However, what is the, like, what has to happen for us to make uh, home field advantage? The Patriots have to lose and the Steelers have to win. The okay. Patriots aren't going to lose to the Jets at Foxborough, so sitting these guys to me makes perfect sense. Uh, between missing the Cleveland game and then the bye week, yeah, that's a lot of time without playing football. But I think uh, eliminating risk and letting their bodies heal as much as they can in two weeks outweighs losing any rhythm or, or, or whatever ridiculous notion that somebody might have for playing these guys in a meaningless game no quarter brought to you by mcdonald's i'm loving it there's one thing james harrison did that's jerky that i don't think is really so jerky i actually see his point that's 30 seconds away on 105.90 x It's the fans against the Hurricanes. Two strands fly back with a half 
coverage starts at 6.30. Game time is 7.30. With Phil Moore and me, Mike Lang, on your home of the best binge coverage. And all the games, 105.9 The X.